Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Volume. What's up, guys? It's December 22nd, and welcome back to Three Rounds. So last week, Chris Weidman was so gracious with his time to join us, and it was a it was so much fun to do the show. But as you know, your teammates can only help you train. Once the octagon door closes, it's all on you to handle your business. So I'm back at it alone, and I'm loving it. So I'm prime. I'm ready. It's time to get to the fight. Left hook to the dome. Let's go. Round one. Sugar Sean O'Malley's frustrated. The Bantamweight contender's frustrated because he feels like the expected title fight between the champion Aljamain Sterling and former champion Henry Cejudo should be made official already, saying on his podcast that it's driving him crazy. Why is this not happening? I don't think it's a money thing. I don't. The UFC would say, all right, next man up. As you all know, that is what's happening. He said, it's not a money thing. In my opinion, UFC said, here's what you're going to make. Henry essentially retired because he wasn't getting paid enough, and now he's broke and he wants to come back. He's coming back to make the same amount of money. Aljamain Sterling is not going to get paid more because he's not a draw. Guys, these are just the facts. I'm not throwing shots. Aljo would say the same thing. He's like, yeah, I'm not a draw. I don't have fans. O'Malley then says, Aljo knows, everyone knows that what he's saying is true. Now, I get the frustration from Sean O'Malley, but I also know that it really won't make much of a difference because of the position that O'Malley himself is in. O'Malley, as we have discussed time and time again, is a star. People tune in to watch him. He's box office. But if you recall, O'Malley won a disputed decision over the former champion, Piotr Jan. Now, it did look like he was going to be next in line, especially after Aljamain Sterling started talking about the challenger. Like, he kept bringing him up. He kept bringing him up and bringing him up. So it looked like O'Malley was going to get his opportunity. But when Cejudo comes back, right, for all that he's done, Cejudo is within his right to expect and does warrant a championship fight. Now, Dominic Cruz was mad at me. Because he said that 
Henry ran away, essentially. He left as the double champ. He didn't have to go through the gauntlet of guys to try and maintain that championship. But the reality is, when a guy like Cejudo comes back, he steps right back into a championship because he knocked out Dominic Cruz. He also knocked out TJ Dillashaw at 125 pounds. Why does that matter? It matters because it is. Aljamain Sterling is essentially running through a gauntlet of former champions. All guys that have held the belt at one point and two who hadn't even lost the belt when they left. So think about this. The first Piotr fight was very disputed. Aljo got hit with the illegal knee. Fight was over. Dillashaw and Cejudo both were champions. Dillashaw leaving because of a steroid accusation or a steroid uh, getting caught. And then Cejudo because he left for whatever reason he left. Listening to O'Malley, it was because of money. But right now, every one of these fights that Aljamain Sterling can take and win continues to build his resume and establish him as a champion. But it does it does make it very hard to question Aljamain's resume in historical terms if you continue to beat the guys that are considered the greatest bantamweights of all time. But for O'Malley, this becomes the question. Does he know something we don't? Has he been assured a title fight? Because if he has, it changes everything. But if he hasn't, does he go and fight another top-level contender to hammer home the idea that he's the next man up, or does he wait? The Bantamweight division is, to me, the most dangerous division in the world. It may be deeper than anything we have, but there's only one name that I would steer clear of if I'm Sean O'Malley, and that's Marab Dualashvili. Because I believe that Marab and his pressure fighting style could present some matchup problems for O'Malley. Am I saying no, he can't win? Not at all. But I'm saying because of the wrestling, the pressure, you don't want to be stuck in there with Marab. The dude's a savage. So as I get into the final minute of the round, I get being frustrated. But Sean O'Malley, do not allow for the frustration to lead to bad decisions. I think the fight with Marab, when on the verge of a title fight, could be a bad decision. Yeah, he can win. Absolutely. I think the kid is as good as anyone. No one could have told me that this kid from the Contender Series would become this. It's been great to see. And I don't know when Sean will fight for the title, but I do know that when he does, it'll be a massive moment for the UFC because it's a kid that went from unknown and unheralded to a potential UFC champion. So hats off to the Sugar Show. As we get into round two, let's talk about my good friend John Jones and his big move. So Jones is finally set to make his UFC heavyweight debut, and I imagine it has to be a massive fight because one thing I do know about John Jones, he makes a ton of money. And to get him in the octagon, he has to have an opponent that will allow for him to make the money that makes sense at the gate and on the pay-per-view side because he gets paid, guys. He gets paid. And rightfully so for all that he's accomplished. A list of Hall of Famers that Jones has beaten over the course of his career is as long as anyone in mixed martial arts history. But because of that and all the success that he's had to this point in his career, John Jones will have to stand across the octagon from Francis Ngannou, 
Stipe Miocic. I don't even know if Cyril Gaon is a big enough name. So the idea that it could be Curtis Blades, I don't think that makes sense at all. I don't think that it's going to work because Blades doesn't have the cachet to stand across the octagon from a John Jones. You need that B-side. You need the other guy to bring the eyes. Because we've seen John Jones do massive numbers with guys like myself, guys like Rashad Evans. We've also seen him do numbers that don't quite match the paycheck with other guys. And at this point, you can't have that be the result at a time when we've waited so long for this. And now that it's finally here, I believe that in the first quarter of the year, we'll see John Jones fight. But that leads me to your question. What are your thoughts about the move now? What are you thinking about John Jones at heavyweight? Because everybody asked me because of our history. But for so many years, we or the people have waited for the move to heavyweight. Now, with the time, I asked the question, has the intrigue worn off? Or are we still as excited about John Jones fighting at heavyweight as we did before? Because remember, there was a, there were monsters at heavyweight. Whenever the first word of him going up came out, but now we got the monster heavyweight champion. But we got monsters who move like bantamweights, and Cyril Gaon. You listen to the Tai Tuivasa interview. He told me he couldn't understand how he was so fast. He said, I never thought that he would disappear as quickly as he did before. Jones might have went up there and fought guys that were lumbering, but not anymore. These guys are athletes. These are the guys that you see on an NFL line somewhere. Now they're fighting. They're tremendous athletes. Not offensive line. Not the 350-pound guys. The 270-pound guy like Aaron Donald and Chandler Jones. Those are the guys that are fighting in mixed martial arts now. So there's a whole new world of athlete waiting for Jones when he gets to the heavyweight division. Now, Chris Weidman was a bit surprised when I told him the things I said about Jones, but I believe every single thing that I said. I believe that his fight IQ is as high as anyone we've seen in the octagon. His ability to just in fight is very good. Being a guy that spent 45 minutes in the cage with him. His ability to just in fight makes him very difficult to fight. Now, I said in that quote, sometimes he dealt with length not as good. But they're all going to be big and tall at heavyweight, but are they going to be slower? And if they are, he does have the ability to pick them up. And if John goes up to heavyweight, then he could start to rebuild that second phase of his career. Because with all the accusations, there was a lot lost when he was the 205-pound champion. Love him or hate him. It is the truth. Lot lost. Now you can rebuild so much by going up to heavyweight and being successful. Guys, John Jones is one of the most talented people I've ever competed against in the octagon. On the wrestling mat, on the football field. That's just the truth. But it's time for Jones now to stop limiting himself. It's time for him to start that next chapter of his story. 
make that chapter better, or might I say cleaner, than the years prior. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Round three, another year has come and gone in mixed martial arts. And my, what a year it was. You know, we went from the pandemic to the year after the pandemic, where honestly, it looked quite familiar to 2020. Because a lot of shows are happening in the apex. We had no fight nights on the road. It still felt a little bit like COVID was hanging around. A lot has changed in a little bit of time. That hotel that everybody stayed at in the middle of the pandemic in Las Vegas, you know what? We checked out of there this year. I'll never forget the time spent at the Courtyard Marriott right next to the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. I had an apartment there, essentially. I left a TV and a video game, so every week I went to work, I had something to entertain myself. Fortunately, my last fight was in the Apex and against a guy that we share such a strong story, but we also stayed in that little hotel. So it felt good to move past that this year. It felt good to move into the normalcy of the UFC being on the road. It felt good to welcome back the fans. Because even though we welcomed you back a little bit in 2021, this year it felt normal to go to Columbus, Ohio, to go to Paris, France, to go to London multiple times, to go all around the country and around the world and put on fights that the world has come to expect from the UFC. But it wasn't always about the environment. It was about the fights, as it always is about the fights. 
This year, we saw Hamza Chimaev get challenged by Gilbert Burns in a fight that not many expected to be that close. But I also believe that it showed in that moment who Hamza Chimaev is because he beat the number one contender and a guy that I challenged for the belt. It's crazy. It's crazy to see him man up in that way. We also saw him have his first speed bump in the UFC by missing the weight in the fashion that he did and then really not seeming to have as much remorse for it as many expected. Islam Akachev became the champion. It was a long time coming, at least to so many people in the know. It was an eventuality, is what people thought. The reality is this. When you are expected, it makes it very difficult to accomplish. So that's why when you hear people say, he's the favorite, he's expected to win, that guy is sitting there and his butt's all puckered up because he knows that if he loses when expected, the fall is much steeper. We also had a hot potato of a championship, the strawweight title. But does Zhang Weili bring some consistency and some stability to this weight class? Sure seems that way. Unless she fights Rose Namajunas, a puzzle that she has not been able to crack. But on the other hand, Carla Esparza has now beaten Rose Namajunas twice. Crazy. That's the world we live in. It's mixed martial arts. That's why mixed martial arts is the most beautiful sport in the world. Because you never know. We had a lot of challengers step up. Leon Edwards became the champ. Sent my boy Kamar Usman into another planet with a head kick. Heard around the world. I mean, come on. The guy had to win 10 fights to get to the title. Said he would do it, and he got it done. But he wasn't the only challenger that stepped up big. Carla Esparza, we got to give you your roses because you beat Rose Namajunas when nobody thought you had a chance. Regardless of what people think of the fight, you got it done. Fast forward to Madison Square Garden. Alex Pereira beats Israel Adesanya. And I keep thinking of the quote. Izzy saying, this guy's going to watch him become one of the greatest of all time. And he will sit back and he will say, I once beat that guy. How much do you motivate someone with that quote that they come to your sport and beat you? My question now is how can these guys get back to the championship? Or can they? Does Kamaru Usman become champ again? Does Israel Adesanya beat Alex in the rematch? Let me tip my cap to, cap to Bellator for a great year. Let me tip my cap to the PFL. Those guys making money, making millionaires. All around, guys, the world is better because mixed martial arts has grown. It's the fastest growing sport in the world, and it does not seem to be stopping anytime soon. It has been a tremendous year, and I look forward to 2023. All right, guys, now for my final thought. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Like I just said, we're thankful for all the great mixed martial arts that we are blessed with time and time again. Every week, this great sport is on your television. So make sure you're tuning in to everything. Because if 2022 was an indication, boy, we are in for a wild ride next year. So enjoy your loved ones. Hold the ones that mean the world to you tight. And let's go into the new year. And keep watching DC on his YouTube, 
ESPN is everywhere. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for your support time and time again. I, there is no me without each and every one of you. So from the bottom of my heart, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And hey, I guess I'll see you guys in 2023. Is that not crazy? 2023 already? Mind blown. Like, subscribe. Till next time, guys. Peace. Happy New Year. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.